0: back to the like a bigfoot podcast i'm your host chris ward uh apologies for this one being out a couple days late uh this has been a week yeah it's uh it's been a pretty crazy week um i was getting ready to record the intro and outro and all that stuff on wednesday afternoon and uh obviously the news uh obviously overpowered the urge to sit down and record the podcast so um this this is coming out a a few days late so thank you guys for being patient um you know a big thing that I try to like lead by example with is just consistent action and trying to get this podcast out every single week is important to me um because one I just like to do it but two I also you know want to show just like what the power of consistent action is um and so to to be a couple days late feels weird um but for me personally and my headspace and just processing uh the events and the kind of craziness that went on (laughs) in our country on wednesday um i just needed needed that space so uh thank you guys for being patient with me um to kind of help myself once again uh just narrowing my focus to what can i do what am i in control of um it's hard to do it's hard to do when so many things seem out of control but really trying to intentionally think about like okay what am i in control of in this moment you know how can i be doing these small consistent positive things uh that will lead to you know positivity um in my life and so something i've done uh something i focused on this morning to really help me get into a better mind space right now uh is just thinking about you know what i want this year to look like um obviously we talked last week if you listen to the outro we talked about trying to set big ambitious goals for 2021 i have some big ambitious goals and working towards those goals. So rather than New Year's resolutions, have these goals that you're working towards uh, and your resolutions will kind of hopefully like or your habits will will fall in place for you to accomplish those goals. Um, I am definitely doing that. I have things that I'm working towards, but I also wanted to make a list this morning of just my New Year's decisions. I didn't want to call it resolutions. I believe that words have power. Um And so I decided to relabel it my New Year's decisions. Resolutions make it seem like this is what I wanna do and what I'm gonna try to do. Decisions make it seem like this is what I've decided to do this year. And to me, that's a huge difference. So at the end of the episode today, because I kind of wanna just jump right in, uh, at the end of the episode today, I will kind of talk you through that kind of concept and what my New Year's decisions are. Uh, But mostly like the main one is it comes down to this. I want to have less internet time, Uh, more books, less internet, books greater than internet. (laughs) Um, So that's huge. And we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about that in the intro because I want to give the respect to today's guest who is just a fabulous trail runner out here in the Denver area. Uh, Caitlin Yonke is so, she's just an incredible trail runner, an incredible ultra runner. Um, She made a post about running up Mount Morrison a bunch of times in 2020, which I didn't see until after recording with her. But I have to say, Caitlin, you're a beast because Mount Morrison's like straight up, like straight up. It's just, you go straight uphill and within five seconds, your legs are destroyed and i've only been up at one time and for you to be up to go up that thing a bunch of times is incredible um what we talk about in this episode is her fkt on the white rim road which is in Canyonlands national park uh it is a f- really famous part of ken Can- canyon lands it's where there's a lot of bike packing trips um it's apparently beautiful uh i've yet to go i haven't had the pleasure. But I have had the pleasure of going to Moab a handful of times, and I have to say that place is a special place. Um, So let's kind of jump right in. Caitlin and her husband, Brandon Yonke, are just two awesome ultra runners, mountain runners out here. Um, You can check out more about them at runinfinite.com. Uh, I'm also gonna give a shout out right now to my buddy Tim Barr. He just started a YouTube channel called All Things Trail Running. Uh, One of the very first episodes is a sit down with Brandon and Caitlin. They just share knowledge about training plans. Uh, They're super knowledgeable, super well-informed. So you can see that on All Things Trail Running YouTube. Uh, You can also see a much less knowledgeable, much less well-informed trail runner named Chris Ward, me, uh get poked in the legs by a bunch of needles we did some dry needling (laughs) because because i had a a little calf strain um so we tim convinced me this is how far i'll go to help my friends like i'm willing to be poked by needles and i hate needles um to help him out plus at the same time you know he said it was going to benefit my recovery uh which i'm still in the midst of um i'm just mostly relaxing it riding the bike uh i've gone on a few runs um but really january i my goals are all in the summer so i'm taking a few like a month to really kind of uh ease off of the running for a bit before jumping back into it um so yeah check that out caitlin and brandon's episodes phenomenal um so yeah that's all things trail running youtube all right guys Let's jump right into it. Uh, This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast, number 234 with Caitlin Yonke. Today, I am very honored to welcome Caitlin Yonke to the show. Uh, Caitlin, from all, everything I've heard, you're just a complete badass ultra runner, (laughs) Um you just set the White Rim Trail FKT uh which is I mean the White Rim Trail in Utah is like an iconic trail yeah. through canyonlands and so I'm super stoked to hear <laughs> about that. Um I did want to do this first though because I feel like I always like wax poetically about ultra running, you know, <laughs> and you make it sound so glorious. So first I do want to hear like I want you to like romanticize the idea of ultra running and then we're going to hit them with the reality of it.
1: Oh yeah. I don't know if there is a romantic way to say it. There's, I don't know.
0: What is, what does ultra running bring to your life that you find so
1: wonderful? It brings, I don't know. It just, it fills my cup. It brings a lot of joy. I can go places on two feet that most people decide, Hey, I'm going to drive to do that. And I think that being able to carry yourself for 32 to, you know, 100 miles and even beyond is such an incredible thing that our bodies can do, that it just really, it's really fun to be a part of. And it's really fun to experience.
0: Yeah. Does it like build, like for me, it like builds confidence where I'm like, oh, like, look what I was able to do just by pushing through the pain.
1: Yeah. 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 And you can reach new barriers with each, with each distance you tackle, or even if you go back to the same distance and tackle it, like you're fine. It's like putting together the world's greatest puzzle. And that's what I think ultra running is. It's a fun puzzle to figure out.
0: That was good. That was a good (laughs) romanticizing ultra running. That was awesome. So now I want to hear like hit us with reality. How much does it suck when it starts sucking?
1: (laughs) I don't usually find that it sucks a whole lot. Good. Except for when you can't eat. That's yeah. about it. Has,
0: has that happened you, to you before? Vomit.
1: Yeah. Past 200 miles. So even on White Rim, um, I couldn't dig down any more food. Yeah. After 75, well, no, it's was like 85 miles in. So that's 15 miles I didn't eat. Um, and then when I ran Leadville, I didn't eat from mile 70 to the finish, Woo!
0: which
1: is a really fun way to do power line. <laughs>
0: All right. I made a note of that so we can come back to it. but that was perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I watched this morning, I watched your, uh, your little short film, 100% about mm-hmm. the white rim FKT. And I know like, and I want you to talk a little bit about your reason for taking this on. And the thing yeah. that I, I found interesting about FKT is, is it does seem like such a personal endeavor. Like it's, mm-hmm you're not just doing like you can just sign up for a race because the race exists but to do an fkt you actually have to like go out research it create it sometimes and like yeah go out for a reason so can you talk a bit about that
1: yeah um it was a route that my husband and i kind of had not really in mind to tackle this year but we've been out to canyonlands before and we've always wondered like what this would be like if we did 100 miles on the white rim road and then, you know, everything kind of fell apart and races were all canceled and it was kind of what am I going to do? My main race isn't going to happen. And I wanted to put work towards something even if yeah. it was, you know, tackling a personal challenge. And that just seemed like a fun idea and I didn't realize at the time how much hard work it was going to go into like logistics and everything else. But at the time it was like this is something that could be really
0: cool. Yeah, were you like all of us like seeing everybody online taking on FKTs and was there any specific one that kind of like inspired you?
1: Um, I really enjoyed watching not so much people like yeah complete the FKTs but also people doing things for like bigger causes yeah which was really inspiring. Um, one of my teammates Hannes went out and he did the Nolan's 14 line and we got to experience and be a part of that. But he did it for Black Lives Matter. And then on the top of every peak, he had a name of somebody. Wow. And so it was really cool to see him push his limits while also saying, I know I have this goal and I'm not going to quit until I get to George Floyd, which was his last peak. Wow. So it was really that was really inspiring or people doing things, you know, to fund research, things that were beyond that internal, I guess, pull to be like. I got an FKT more so than that, but to do something also for the greater good, dedicate their miles to something or put a cause behind it, kind of yeah. make changes. They're doing it.
0: Yeah, no, that's, and I have to imagine, you know, having a cause bigger than your, just like you said, just to do it, you know, like yeah. bigger than yourself. Um you can draw from that probably in those hard moments. I mean, no one's 14. I mean, even hearing it's about really. that thing, I'm like, that sounds brutal. But to have something it's like really. that, where, you, yeah, where you're, you're really pulling from something so much bigger than you it has to be huge.
1: Yeah. And it definitely is more than just like that motivator of like, I must finish or I must do it in that time. You think of everything else that you've not put online, I guess, maybe. That you've put out there. they have put out into the world saying, I'm doing this and I'm not going to give up until it's done.
0: Yeah, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about your personal reason? I know you were, uh, you know, raising awareness and funds for um, multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. Can can you kind of go into that a bit?
1: Yeah. So I picked to do, after I picked the white rim, I just, I felt like it wasn't, wouldn't, feel right if I did it just to do it. And I wanted to kind of put something behind it. And I've been a part of an organization um, called MS Run the US for several years. Um, I ran the relay in 2014, and then ran it back in 2016. And they all had to go virtual. And it was just something kind of pulling at my heartstrings of like, what else can we do to create awareness for people like my dad who has MS that are out there and how can we generate some of that um, and that was kind of my pull to pick MS um, also because my dad and my best friend have MS he's you know I've seen it firsthand how it affects somebody and yeah. you know you gotta end it so I figured this was the best way to do what I could do best
0: yeah yeah no that's huge I mean and I you know just like your friend on Nolan's 14 I know every 10 miles you had someone that you were dedicating those mm-hmm. miles to um which is which is absolutely incredible um did did people like the people you were dedicating miles to were you able to reach out to them afterwards and like talk to them and show them the video and stuff
1: um i sent a few of them pictures yeah. um some of them are either deceased or connected through mutual friends so I wanted to go out and like I said in the video, tell stories of what MS is like for different people. And it was really cool to kind of take those 10 individuals with me on the journey, whether they are with us here today or not. It was really fun to take each person along for 10 mile increments. And it really broke it down. And then it was kind of fun to share that afterwards with really where I was in the day and not so much in like the heat of the moment of like I'm at mile fifty five, I have to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Versus like, I know this is tough for someone. and so who's in a wheelchair. I can suck it up and I can keep running forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's huge. That's that's awesome. What what can people do to support? I mean, I just wrote down uh MS run the US so that's mm-hmm. definitely an organization like what can people do yeah. to kind of like help either raise awareness or or help fund some research
1: yeah by you know if you know somebody with MS or you've heard about it you know also talking about how it needs a cure MS doesn't have a cure and so therefore you know our biggest the biggest mission is to try and find cure or medications that help stop MS there's medications that slow it down but there's none that stop it and so that's like the main goal and helping buy people and get people like adaptive homes so wheelchairs or ramps and stuff like that and so just being an advocate for that as well as donating to organizations like ms run the u.s or your local national ms society chapter
0: nice nice i'll be sure to i'll link all that stuff in the show notes for everybody for sure um when like I know you mentioned like white rim trail was kind of like on your bucket list or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Why? I want you to talk a little bit more about it though, because it is like I said, iconic, like yeah, everyone, like I've people all around the country that I've talked to, have heard of the white rim trail. So, um, what is it that like just draws people to it? And I love Moab. Keep in mind. I love <laughs> Moab. Moab sweet.
1: <laughs> yeah. One, because Moab's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But I think like the cool thing, and it's mainly like notorious for being a four by four drivable yeah. road in a four by four vehicle or on bike. A lot of people bike it in two or three days. Um, but it's just my husband and I's first trip to Canyonlands together. We got down below Island in the Sky, which is as its name, an island. <laughs> and it, you drop down and you can just see canyons upon canyons upon canyons. And then way off in the background is the LaSalle Mountain range. And I think what kind of draws people to it, or at least this is my guess, is how remote it is, as well as just you see so many vast sceneries and you wonder how like life can really thrive out here. But you can see animals, you can see, you know, where the rivers have created a green environment and stuff like that. So I think that might be part of their draw to it. And it's just a really awesome way to like circumnavigate like a massive park.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you actually like, I'm trying to, I should have looked up a map of it beforehand, but you go basically all the way through Canyonlands on it.
1: You go through the Island in the Sky National Park. So you start up a little bit outside of it on a road called Mineral Bottom Road and you loop down and that'll connect right into the White Rim Road and then you run around that which is technically 70 miles but to create the loop it's hundred my watch said 101 yeah and we combined the two watches
0: how was that um, last mile no i'm just kidding <laughs>
1: <laughs> actually not that bad that as bad as some of the other ones
0: nice nice
1: i didn't know i had my pacer wearing the watch because yeah. my watch died so we restarted and he was wearing it so i had no idea where i was yeah. we were just guessing i was like that has to be the category <laughs> but and then you connected up through schaefer trail and then it just kind of connects and it creates a weird kind of squiggly you. Yeah. I don't know. It looks it, weird.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Do you, I mean, uh, there's an experience that you have when you're just lost in the middle of the desert and not yeah. lost necessarily, but like, you're looking around and you're like, where am I? This is like, there's just so much of it. And I don't think yeah. people can understand unless you actually go there. There's just It's just vast in every single direction. Mm -hmm. Did you get that feeling during this?
1: Oh, yeah. I had, you know, we did it under full moon on Halloween. (laughs) Um, Just because of the full moon so much that, you know, I'd be able to see really well. And we really lucked out because the moon just like lit everything up. You could turn headlamps off. You could have turned like the crew car lights off and still be able to drive. But I think we got that first feeling as I was descending in to the canyon Like you could see the moon light up the canyon.
0: That's amazing. And
1: you kind of felt like, wow, I'm really, I'm really out here. And it's like being on top of, you know, the Alpine when you're up on a trail way up there and there's no one else. You're like, wow, I'm up here and it's just wilderness and you can see for miles. And it was kind of that same feeling, but you were like down below. Yeah. And it was a really kind of euphoric feeling of this is what I get to do for a day.
0: That's amazing. Do you ever get like intimidated almost by that feeling? Because I've had moments where it's been wonderful. And then I have had moments where I'm like, oh, it's just like a reminder of like, if I get hurt, like this is going to be interesting, (laughs) like getting out of here.
1: I don't know if I had that thought ever. It was kind of at the start line (laughs) where it was kind of like, well, there's no turning back now. I'm either in this or I'm walking around, like turning around and saying, nope, another time. Yeah, and it's kind of got to do it. So, uh, like, no point in time did I wonder like the what ifs. What if something goes wrong? Yeah, I just kind of put one foot in front of the other and kept going and didn't really stop.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, what a, like how often is your crew meeting you during this?
1: They since they were in a crew vehicle ahead of me. Um, so, for anybody ever contemplating this road, if you do it supported. You would need a crew vehicle that's okay. got four by four high clearance fyi because we <laughs> almost got our car stuck that was my own, that was my husband's concern um
0: <laughs> you're like i don't have to worry about he, this you worry about yeah
1: It's like i'm just gonna keep running i know my one of my pacers is meeting me at mile 55 and he's running me to the finish so we're good yeah um and there's no access to water so That was a huge factor in it of having the crew. So they met me maybe every four to five miles. And it was just kind of the check-in on like, are you good with stuff? Do you need anything? Because I just, I carried nothing on me. I carried maybe some gels and a handheld bottle. And then once I got a pacer, they carried everything. And the only thing I carried on me was the Garmin.
0: Nice. Uh, The whole time, I mean, I guess, can I ask you this? What was the original... FKT like what was the time you were shooting to beat
1: the time to beat was 21 53 wow. 21 hours and 53 minutes
0: that's so fast
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that that was a little intimidating and I had the really audacious goal of trying to go sub 20. Woo! Did you do No I was 20 minutes off
0: but still, I mean, I mean, so during this whole thing, is it in the back of your mind? Like, you know, cause 20 hours to 2153, like that's not too far off. You know what I mean? No. Like, is the clock ticking the whole time or were you able to kind of like let that aspect go and just enjoy the adventure?
1: I had kind of not resolved, but kind of settled in my brain of like the day before tomorrow's going to be what it's going to be. And if it takes me 19 hours to do it, that's great. I feel fit. If it takes me 23 hours to do it, that's great. If I have to walk it in at 30 hours, my main intent overall was to finish Yeah. and to, you know, you know, bring awareness. But, you know, the ultimate goal was to set an FKT and that was just kind of like that secondary goal. So my crew knew ahead of time, like, if we're out here 30 hours, we're out here 30 hours. You got to deal with it. Yeah. But I just... I put my feet on the ground and I just kept moving and I was really surprised with how well I was moving and it never really was a thought. I think the only time we were checking time was with my last pacer in the last 10 miles.
0: Yeah. When you weren't eating anymore.
1: I wasn't eating. Was that,
0: so was that the lowest moment? Just like not being able to eat?
1: No, I think my low moment was climbing up Schaefer road. So you're on a nice rolling road for anyone that lives in Denver. imagine. Running on like slick rock and some like undulating terrain that's about as flat as the Highline Canal. Yeah. And then changing that and climbing (laughs) 800 feet in less than a mile.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God.
1: And I, had I thought through logistics of it, which we already had figured out, we wanted to get me through the rim during daylight. Yeah. If I would have started at the bottom of Schaefer Road, I may have felt better. But Kind of as an is what it is situation. Yeah, you sure. hit a, you hit a low moment, and I was happy that it was at like mile eighty seven, and just kind of climbed my way out of it, and then just kind of kept moving forward. Nice, because I knew I didn't have to climb anymore, so I was happy about that.
0: That's the best, you know. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna say this. Maybe this shows what kind of ultra I am. I like climbing because in my my mind, I'm like, oh, I can walk now. Like this rocks. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I could climb all day. i love
1: climbing i really do i was getting to a point where i was asking my pacer can we walk and he was like not until you get a steep hill so (laughs) i had to earn my walk breaks which happened to be every time we had a steep uphill which was few and far between
0: yeah 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 no that's awesome hold on one second hey you want to say hi hi (laughs) oh daniel's out out to play you you can go play (laughs) She's like, that's the, this is the end of the day where all the neighborhood kids run outside, which is awesome. Especially like, it's like 15 when, it, even when it's like 15 degrees, they'll still go oh, out yeah. and like sled down this tiny <laughs> hill.
1: Kids will do anything. Even okay. if it's like two degrees outside,
0: they will. Unless, and
1: Logo doing it.
0: Oh yeah. But if it's like me, like, and trying to get her and her sister to go outside, it won't happen. It's wild. Hey, you're going to put shoes on. They're upstairs. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. No worries. Happen. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Let me. I want to ask you about this. When when you're the only, uh, one doing this, right? And mm-hmm. I know you have the team around you, and that's probably really motivating. But when you're the only one, like, how does that feel versus a race where you're in it with other people? Maybe you see someone in front of you. You're trying to catch them. You know, like, how does, how does that play on your mind?
1: It was, it was kind of a nice experience to go after an FKT. I know some people said they have found it challenging because they're racing, you know, they're racing the past, but I kind of enjoyed it because I didn't feel like I had to go out and keep up with anybody in the start and go out really hot and really fast. I could go out and kind of set my own clock and kind of enjoy what was going on, but also kind of push my limits and not be bogged down by so-and-so's 20 seconds behind me or so-and-so's, you know, 20 seconds ahead. So it was really nice to be able to kind of put that aside and say, here's the time to beat. And if we beat this time, we've done our job.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I know it just, it just, I don't know, for someone who's raced so many times like you have and raced at like really high levels, it just probably has to be like a weird kind of feeling. It part.
1: was it was really weird. But at the same time, um one of my pacers asked me about that at about like mile fifty. Yeah. And I told her I was, like it was nice because I could go into the aid stations and I'm not elbowing somebody. <laughs> and I'm not playing like I'm not jockeying with anybody on the trail. Oh yeah. And it was kind of a nice experience that I felt like I was in and out of aid quicker. I was in and out of things. Like I went back and look at where my big stops were and they were a lot faster than had they been at Leadville. Yeah. So that, that was kind of a nice thing to be like, okay, now I can put that experience into race experience when we have races.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Can you talk a little about your team? Like I know, uh, you're a part of the adrenaline project. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Um, we're just a collective of mountain endurance athletes. So I mean we've got people that are mountain bikers on the team. We've got people like that are amazing mountain athletes and it's really all about exploring and challenging ourselves outside. Yeah. You know, and using the trails and using the mountains to really kind of push ourselves to those limits as well as be advocates and supporters of one another. And the great thing about the team is like you don't have to place first and if you place last we're not going to care or if you drop out we're here to support you through that journey and that's been a really fun thing to be a part of is such a high performing level of team but we all have that innate sense that it's not just about the performance it's about the experience
0: yeah no that's awesome how long has that been around like how long have you been Um, involved with it
1: i've been with tap for about a year Mm -hmm. a little over a year um, but they've been around for several years.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, and I know my, our, our mutual friend, Tim, uh, he was telling me that your husband, Brandon is also like a high level. I'm just trying to remember the wording Tim used. I'm pretty sure he just said complete beast on the trail or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Yep. Her husband, Brandon is an animal on the trail too. <laughs> like what is that so when you guys do you guys go out and train together like how does that work like do you i mean obviously you're supporting each other through it oh, yeah. but are you, you know also training and signing up for the same events and that kind of stuff
1: we did that one year we signed up for the same hundred miler and we were both in leadville together and that was kind of tough because i couldn't see him yeah through the race and he vice versa yeah but you know when we're training for summer things we each have our own separate goals of what needs to get done and you know if we plan a big mountain day this summer he was scouting Nolan. he'd say all right i'm gonna go do belford oxford harvard columbia pick me up at the bottom and be like great i'm gonna do just that little three mountains in that little loop and then i'll come find you and so we kind of will split it up and maybe do half of our you know mountain day together or do the whole thing together. Um, he's definitely a lot faster than I am. So I get a little bit more worn out trying to chase him uphill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And scouting Nolans, you're like, that's all chasing you uphill the whole day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we started, I think we did that one of the midsummers. It was one of his biggest days and he was really nervous about dropping off of Oxford
0: because yeah. you have
1: to drop over and it kind of cliffs out a little bit or you can cliff out. So he was really nervous. And he's like, "Will you just start with me. And I was like, oh, I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Miles <laughs> on my calendar, nothing else to do. I am not traversing through that because then we have to go back to the car. So we planned like I'd pick him up at this location. He'd let me know when he got to the peaks. And then, you know, we'd go from there. But it was kind of fun to experience part of scouting with him as well as watch him do his own thing too. So yeah. we kind of have that balance of we'll do things together. But then we'll do things separately because we know each other has a different goal.
0: Yeah, for sure. Does he? Did, did he end up doing Nolans or was he scouting it for your friend?
1: He um, ended up not doing it. Um, came down with a little bit of a heel injury. So oh. he's working on getting that back. But definitely got a lot of good um, beta on the terrain. And that'll probably be his project next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I pull you... the plug like a week before the oh. attempt.
0: Oh, that has to be but, the worst.
1: But we at least learned. We learned a lot of lessons, and I think we really, he really got a lot of good closure pacing Hannes and helping out. You know, another person complete such a an audacious line like that's, it's intimidating to me, but, and a lot of other people that even do it. But to watch somebody complete it was really inspiring
0: yeah yeah do you what do you guys do in the winter like how do you handle like you get done with the white rim trail and like what do you do then do you take like a month off like do you guys ski or you know do you take any time off of running at all
1: i don't ski very much um i used to all the time when i was a kid but i just don't do it very much anymore um my husband does he likes to ski after white rim i took like two or three I took one week entirely no running yeah and then like eased my body back into it and it took a lot out of me it i was really surprised i did not bounce back as fast as i thought i would um like coming back from leadville it's been a lot faster because you're on such a softer terrain okay and since i was running on slick rock and a flat road like, I could still feel my hips three weeks afterwards of, like, wow. oh, I did damage. Um, but, you know, pounding hard. And I'd put myself not in a hole, but I'd push myself, I think, harder than I had in a race setting. So, that was another thing that really kind of took a lot out of me. So, I'm slowly trying to find fitness, yeah. but I'm in no rush. It's kind of nice to have a season of just enjoying running to enjoy it. And then probably come January, we'll start ramping up things to train for summer stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like, especially like where you are in Morrison, I mean, it's hard not to, that's the problem though, that I find is like, most days are nice out. You can run most days out here Mm -hmm. and it's just, there's so many pretty trails too. Like we're so spoiled and it's hard not to just be like, oh, I just want to go out. I just want to go out on the trail right now. You know? Yeah. It's almost like taking time off is difficult as weird as that sounds.
1: (laughs) It is. It's necessary, but it's really hard to do. It was a nice mental break not to be pushing towards something. And now like having to gear my brain up into like, Oh yeah, we're doing mileage again. Um, has been fun, but it's also been fun to like watch my body start getting back into shape because you're, I fell out of shape quickly but that's cause I was like, I'm going to walk today instead of run, <laughs> which was, you know, I give myself grace.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, so after accomplishing something like that, like such a huge goal, what do you feel almost like internal pressure to like one up yourself almost or, or like when you're setting your goals for next year, is there any pressure to like, I have to go farther or faster or whatever?
1: not so much in that respect it's kind of been like the what what would be fun to do and there's you know i am signed up to run the high lonesome 100 which is more of an alpine ish course a lot of climbing which i was supposed to do this year but they canceled okay so it's kind of like you know whatever i do i want to put goals into that of doing my best out there and who knows if i'd be able to pr my mountain hundred time leadville i mean that's a lot more climbing but you know it'd be fun to see what i can do now that i know where my limit is or where my perceived limit is yeah so it'd be fun to go out and put everything on the line and see what happens
0: yeah no that'd be awesome i heard high lonesome is really cool
1: yeah it's a beautiful and spectacular course so i'm looking forward to being being on it next year
0: that's amazing when was leadville your first 100 yeah Oh my gosh. Why did you pick that one? Just cause it's like, um, e, like it's Leadville, you know?
1: It actually very. So my path to get to Leadville was a little bit unique, I guess. Um, I was part of MS run the U S and we ran a marathon a day for seven days. So that summer I had just completed my segment and I ended in Denver and my dad asked me like, what's next? And I was like, well, I kind of want to run the Leadville marathon and I'd run the half before. But we thought, you know, maybe I could get into the hundred, but we don't know, but it was just on the calendar of like, let's do it for fun. Um, So I ended up getting a coin into the race for the hundred and I put it off till the next year. So it was kind of one of those things of like, it wasn't so much that I picked it to sign up for it. It was that it kind of like picked me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And you've done really well there. Like what, is it something about that course that you just really like or...
1: Yeah, I love the Leadville course. And I love the atmosphere that it brings. And again, I know some people rag on it. But I think there's such a community that's been created around the Leadville. And you can't help but be completely enthralled that whole day. You feel supported, not just by your crew, but you feel supported by you know, everyone cheering you on when you go through Outward Bound, which is 25 miles into the race. And there's huge crowds. And then you go through Twin Lakes. And having crewed it before, like there's cars parked like eight or nine miles up the road. (laughs) And so people are just hoarded in there. And it's an amazing experience because somehow it seems like everybody knows your name. And so you get really riled up in feeling that you belong here. And so there's no I guess there's no room for imposter syndrome on the Leadville course because you feel like you belong from the time you step off the start line to the time you cross the finish or wherever your journey ends on Leadville. Yeah. No, I that's- think that's why I like it. And it's an out and back. And so yeah. once you get halfway through, you just have to do what you just did again. And it's easy. And it's more of a downhill than an uphill.
0: I'll remember that if I ever do Leadville 100, I'll be like, I remember it's, e- it's easy, quote, unquote, put it right here on my shirt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but there's more downhill in the second half.
0: That's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's a good, well, you know what? That's like, honestly, like mental trick wise, like that's so mm-hmm. huge is it, when you know that the second part is going to be not as much climbing and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I think my big mental thing is I knew power line was going to be the worst part. Yeah. Not hope pass twice. Cause everyone fears hope pass. Yeah. But I knew power line was going to hurt really bad. And so I just kind of mentally saved myself for like, if I can get through getting up to power line, getting over power line and back down into the May Queen aid station, which is your last big one, then you're home. Like, yeah, you've got 12 more miles to go, but you still, you're home free from there. Like, you can finish that race. Even and like,
0: if, you're, if you don't have food for the last 30 miles, like, what's <laughs> that like, though?
1: That's fun. <laughs> um, so, outbound is, like, 72, 72 miles, I think. So, I rolled in. I ate a whole bunch of food and then almost didn't keep it down. And then had to really slow down to, like, try and keep it down. So we kept it down, but anything new we were trying to add in just wouldn't happen. And so going up power line, I felt really bad for my pacer <laughs> because it's like, he was like, you want a gel? And I'm like, mm and I had only noon in one bottle. And then the other one was another electrolyte calorie mix. And I was like, yeah. I can't do those. Those aren't tasting good. So I was drinking from his things that would not be appropriate now in COVID drinking from his bladder tube. So It was an interesting experience but we created the term mall walking so i mall walked for a good 18 miles up and over power line
0: well i like that i like that
1: then my husband just like drove the pace home i wanted to do like one minute running two minutes walking yeah and he's like no i'll tell you when you can walk so it was it was a fun experience
0: See, now you just brought us back to reality, you know, like (laughs) the painting, the beautiful picture of ultra running now back to reality. Yeah. 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 I've, I've eaten too much food. We have to slow down. Like that's that's a bad feeling. Not good. Yeah. And if you're
1: moving fast, like your stomach can't process that. And I, we think that's kind of what happened is moving really hard and then my core temp dropped because it became nighttime Mm, and I just my blood was not functioning to pushing into my stomach to digest so I couldn't digest anything until we really got you know all that moving again and then going around may queen we kind of solved the problem with only taking in salt water (laughs) (laughs) got my electrolytes figured out and we were good from there so
0: that's some toughness right there like i'm just gonna drink salt water just because i have to like that's pretty awesome salt tabs
1: and water and not a fun experience
0: yeah oh my gosh that's wild well what's a real quick you know do you have any specific without giving away any trail running gyms around denver are there some trails that you just like love out here because i know for me as silly as it is, because it's not a huge mountain, but I love Mount Galbraith in Golden. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why it's my favorite. I think I mentioned like I like climbing because I can go slow and feel okay about it. <laughs> and then also at the top of that, there's so many weird rocks you have to like slowly go over. Like I don't know. I just yeah, I like it. I don't know why. But do you have any trails around here? You know that
1: around Denver? Yeah, I don't have any like go-to favorites. I i mean i'll go to if i need to go to one like mount falcon yeah um i got a little bit of luxury with the time in my day with work that i can choose once or twice a week to drive somewhere and i'll usually head up into like pine or buffalo creek and try and get onto the colorado trail or try and get onto the north fork trail and kind of get in those areas where there's a less people and b i can kind of do my own thing without having to worry about bikers blazing past me. So that's been nice. And then there's a few hidden gems up in Idaho Springs and Oh, Georgetown that'll i yeah. try Would and you, hit every now and then.
0: What trails do you do up there? If you don't, I, I usually do I have road. a big map behind me. I don't know if you see it. This is like the whole front range and I'm trying to like mark off trails and um, I've only done a few in Idaho Springs for some reason. I have no idea why. Um,
1: I just do Virginia Canyon road okay and it's just a dirt road that climbs up like you could get 1800 feet of gain in four miles so that it's sounds... just nice steady climb <laughs> but it's fun to run back down it's really fun to run back that sounds, down yeah, that sounds awesome. really fast.
0: what about um, um and i yeah. think in
1: georgetown it's mount saxon
0: mount saxon see here's the thing this is the colorado thing there's like a billion places out here oh yeah yeah
1: And no matter what you find, it's still going to be pretty cool. And I just try and like finding the ones that are the trail less traveled. Yeah. And I feel like I get more out of that than like going where there's like 20 people that I have to run around or avoid or nowadays mask up for. So now I can kind of go and do my thing and feel a little bit more freedom and a little bit less restricted in what I can do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, the last thing I wanted to bring up. Oh, this is what I want to ask you. After doing the the thing in Moab, the White Rim Trail, mm-hmm. um, are you a more of a desert person or a mountain mountainy person?
1: I'm still a mountain child. I mean, Moab was amazing, but I'm still I'm still an alpine child. Yeah, um, you will find my happy place on an alpine ridgeline nice for
0: sure that's awesome well caitlin thank you so much for doing the show today it's super fun talking with you (laughs) Uh, i also wanted to say your husband apparently was involved in like the only live sports i've seen in nine months when (laughs) our buddy tim ran 45 miles because me and i took my kids later in the day i i ran with them at the beginning you guys ran okay End, but i took my kids later in the day part way up galbraith and we just sat there and we were eating like candy on the side of the trail just waiting for Tim and all of the all the people to run by and everything and i was like "Yay!" and it was awesome i was like this is live sports
1: <laughs> yeah that's kind of cool did you go up like the main trail or the one off of out of the canyon
0: um we did the main one not the okay. one they yeah so they were coming down when we saw them and they okay he looked tired. Let's just say that. But like you was said, he with he was crushing the two end. other people. Yeah, he's with our buddy Joel, yeah. who we run with on Wednesdays.
1: Okay. Yeah. So my husband was the other person.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just chilling behind.
0: Oh yeah, that was yeah that was it was pretty awesome. But, uh, Caitlin, where can people kind of like find out you know more about your FKT or you or the Adrenaline Project?
1: Yeah. Um. You can find. All of us, I guess, on Instagram. I'm KKru917, um, and then the Adrenaline Project is at the Adrenaline Project on Instagram, so you can find out what our athletes are up to. And pretty much on my Instagram, you'll figure out find out more about the FKT. The link to the video is up there, um, along with the page um, Run Infinite at Run Infinite on Instagram. Um, they are the ones that um, put out the video
0: nice yeah that's awesome well caitlin thank you for coming on the show and uh yeah we'll have to get back at you at some point
1: yeah thanks so much for having me
0: yeah all righty that wraps up the show uh definitely follow caitlin run infinite the adrenaline project um help her out with uh her kind of support of research about ms that would be incredible um all right guys so here is what i want to talk about at the end um so here's a couple things i mentioned in the intro uh talking about new year's decisions um and then i was gonna go into explaining why i decided to label it decisions versus resolution um one words have power they just do um One of my absolute favorite kind of, I don't even know what to call it. I don't want to call it a self-help book. (laughs) But a mindset, like solid mindset book is called The Four Agreements. Um, And you might be like, here he goes. He's going to talk about The Four Agreements. Yes, I am for a second. Um, The very first agreement is be impeccable with your word. Okay. So that means this, speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Um, Words are powerful. What we say to people, what we type, what we write, what we say to ourselves, that stuff is powerful because eventually those words turn into action. And for me personally, I want my actions to be positive, to be supportive, to help others, um, to spread goodness, right? That's kind of one of my main goals with this podcast, but also with my life as a teacher, as a dad, as a husband. So what you're saying, what you're typing, what you're putting out there, that stuff is powerful and you should understand that. Um, when I'm talking to myself, I'm not calling it new year's resolutions. Resolutions to me means, uh, are things that I want to do and I'm going to try to do, um, versus new year's decisions are, these are decisions. My mind's made up. These are what I'm doing. Okay. Um, my buddy, Calvin, Calvin Johansson, if you haven't listened to his episodes, Holy smokes, he's the best. He always gives me calspirations. Um, he, posted the story of a conversation he had with the amazing endurance athlete, James Lawrence. Um, James is also goes by the iron cowboy. Uh, he's a complete, he's done some crazy stuff. If you followed it at all, there's the 50, 50, 50. He ran 50 Ironman triathlons in 50 States in 50 consecutive days and brought his five, Kids along with his wife, which, as a parent, I'm gonna be honest, that's more impressive to me than you know, the insane, crazy, one of the best endurance accomplishments of all time, right? Just bringing your kids along <laughs> and the, cra- the craziness of that. Um, he recently set out, and you can follow along his journey, and I would highly suggest doing it. Uh, starting in March, he's going to attempt to do 100 Ironman triathlons in 100 consecutive days that my friends is an ambitious goal an audacious goal that we were talking about last week um he's going to do it all i believe from a, his home doing the same course every day um <clears throat> anyways Calvin and I both separately had a chance to run the marathon with James during the 50-50-50. I ran number 24 in North Carolina. It was nuts. We finished at one in the morning. Uh, I went home, slept till about 10 a.m., checked my phone. James was already done with the swimming portion of his triathlon in Virginia in a different state the very next day. It was one of the craziest athletic accomplishments I've had the pleasure of seeing uh Calvin joined James for like number 40 something I want to say like 43 44 in Iowa on a brutally hot day uh Calvin has a great story where he was you know after 19 miles was like yeah I'm pretty good and then the Iron Cowboy just stared at him like are you kidding me you can't quit now <laughs> I've done 40 some Man's at this point um But Calvin shares, he was talking to him and he asked him, how do you do this every single day? And James said, it's because it's not a choice. It's a decision. His mind was made up, he was doing it. No matter what, barring like catastrophic injury, he was gonna get this done. Um, In his mind, it wasn't a choice anymore. If it's not a choice anymore, like I feel like resolutions are like, like, I'm gonna try to do this. I'm gonna try to choose to do this today. And then if you choose not to, then you're like, well, whatever. I mean, it's a resolution. And eventually those little decisions like that, those little choices are going to add up. And a lot of people, unfortunately, like don't make these resolutions a habit Um, to me, making the decision to do these and actually putting them down in writing, not in typing. For me personally, if I type it on a computer, it doesn't stick in my brain as much as if I actually write it down. Right. And I have it in front of me. I have it in my notebook and it's there. I can refer back to it and I can reflect now at the same time. And I'll tell you in a second, one of the New Year's decisions is to practice self-compassion. These are decisions. If I make a mistake, I am going to practice self-compassion because nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, So the self-compassion is there. But at the same time, these are what I'm striving for every single day. Um, So these are my New Year's decisions. And I have my kid involved in this, by the way. She's like on a couple of them. I've told her we've talked about our decisions for this year. She had to do an assignment where she made her own, which was awesome. I loved it because I'm like, wait a second. Are you goal setting right now? And I ran up. Buyer, and I'm like, let's goal set. Let's do this. And she made the goal of not uh, arguing with, you know, mom, dad, sisters, <laughs> uh, which I thought was funny. Um, <clears throat> and I made a couple goals and she's already last night is helping me stay accountable on them. So I think writing them down will make you feel more uh, accountable to what you are striving to do. Okay, and don't write stuff down just to write it down. Don't just be like, oh, I want to give up sugar. If you don't really want to give up sugar, don't give up. Like don't try to make that your resolution because it's not going to fit in your life. Make sure it's something like that you are actually passionate about because it's going to make you more likely to succeed. Okay, I've done a lot of reflecting over the last month probably on areas in my life where I could grow, where I know that I am doing things that aren't beneficial. Uh, A lot of it for me is around the use of the phone and the use of the internet. And I'm sure you guys can relate to that (laughs) because I feel like most people right now, we we probably have an unhealthy relationship with how we're using our devices and how we're using the internet. Now it's hard because at the same time, a lot of us, are you know, needing the commu- computer for communication, for relationships, right? Like, for me, like talking to my parents on Zoom or talking to, you know, getting my kids to talk to their grandparents and relatives and friends, and even doing the podcast, like, the internet is a necessity in our lives. Um, It's also really hard to have discipline around though. So if I, I've told myself in the past where I'm like, Hey, I'm just gonna jump on this for an hour, like this half an hour every day. And it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like just trying to say that I'm going to do something. I don't have the discipline when it comes to the phone and the internet. Um, And I don't want to be a parent who's on my phone while my kids are playing and you know, growing up uh, before my eyes that aren't even seeing them because I'm distracted by constantly scrolling. Um, I don't want to do that. That's not who I see myself as. And yet I've caught myself doing that um, too many times. So, <clears throat> anyways, uh, here's my New Year's decisions, putting it on the podcast too, to hopefully add a little bit of accountability here. Um, number one, super important, more books less memes tweets or reading people's reactions uh books are greater than the internet (laughs) um you know anyone can go on the internet and write to like a two sentence reaction to something and that doesn't necessarily make it the information that i want to be reading right i want to read something that's well researched backed up by sources things like that so books greater than the internet i'm in the middle of this fantastic biography right now about uh george washington it's super interesting uh i didn't know any of this stuff i you know thought i knew how the country was formed and the thoughts and ideas and concepts of you know of people in the time and i had no idea and what you learn is a lot of History obviously repeats itself because of human nature and super fascinating. So uh, I'm learning a lot. It's a lot of info. It's like an 800-page book. Um, so I'm going to read. try to read more books. And sorry, I keep wanting to say try. I'm going to take that out of my language. I'm going to read more books if you're still listening at this point. Um, next part, more patience and attention to the kids. When the kids are around, more attention more patience this ties into my phone as well i find if my phone's around or i'm trying to get something done and my kids are just wanting attention i will it'll just the phone trying to get stuff done when my kids are home it just adds this extra stress and i can't give the attention that they deserve um the next one after i pick my kids up in the afternoon um This is what my my six-year-old is helping me stay accountable for. After picking my kids up, I plug my phone in upstairs. Um, It's out of my sight, out of my mind. I have to actually like walk up the stairs to check it. Uh, I can always, I'm saying to myself, like I'm not saying cutting it off completely. I'm saying I can check it. I can go up there and look every so often uh, to see if I have like a message or something like that, but it's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, The next part, write every day. Um, I've been keeping a journal. It takes 10 minutes, uh, but it's so useful for just giving me a second to gather my thoughts and get them out of my head and put them on paper. Once they're out of my head, I don't have to worry about them. They're written down. Uh, Next part, consistent forward progress on projects I'm working on. Um, There's a huge project I'm working on Uh, it's overwhelming if you look at the whole thing you're like this is impossible Um, but if you just work on it consistently every single day and you do a little bit for it every single day I'm finding that I'm able to check off a lot of the items that are going to be necessary for me to complete this Uh, we'll talk more about that in the future Uh, next part moments of quiet I have three kids what is that like right Moments of quiet, but at the same time, I'm not helping myself when I wake up in the morning and uh, I instantly decide I'm going to listen to a podcast or or something as soon as I wake up and doing my workouts and stuff like that. So moments of quiet. However, do that. That's added to my to do list on. I just need this um, the next part. Intentional acts and thoughts are greater than sleepwalking through the day. So acting intentionally versus being caught up in momentum. Uh, next one's just fun for me. It says, Explore new parts of the world. That's always a decision I want to make. Exploring really brings a lot to my life. Uh, I, I love it so much. I love seeing new parts of the world, uh, even if it's just a new trail in my own backyard. Um, or if it's you know somewhere halfway across the world any new I like to see new parts of the world because it reminds me just how big of a place like impossibly big like I'll never be able to explore every nook and cranny of the world and I like that reminder um, that there's always something out there that's going to capture my imagination it's gonna make me excited to be alive and be a human um, at the same time, my next th- new year's decision is a greater appreciation for things I'm familiar with. So I'm finding there's a balance there, right? If I'm always exploring new parts of the world, am I truly appreciating my own neighborhood? Am I truly appreciating my own backyard? Am I appreciating the trail I've gone up 200 times at this point? Um, You know i need to find a greater appreciation for things i'm familiar with and i think that's something we've all been forced into probably over the last year um but it's something i want to be intentional about uh in 2021 um next part lead by example um that's big how you show up what your principles are um you know that's that's what people take away more so um more so than just you spouting stuff out, right? Words do have power, but for those enlightened, you're going to be able to really see a person for who they are by how they are acting in situations. Um, This is the one I talked about, practice self-compassion. There's an awesome, I know my wife talked about it a few episodes ago. Uh, There's a podcast called The Happiness Lab, Uh, She just did a whole episode going into the new year about self-compassion. It's get rid of the inner drill sergeant. I like having an inner drill sergeant. um, But at the same time, like I personally, I like, you know, when I be, and here's why. Uh, Let's say I wake up in the morning and I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to do my workout or whatever. Okay. I need that inner drill sergeant for like, a 30 second time period that's like dude get out of bed like you just got to do it right that's how my inner drill sergeant talks he's like actually a pretty good good guy doesn't yell that much um <laughs> but i need that right i need to be strict with myself in those moments but what i find is and here's why because when i actually get out of bed and i get moving and i'm doing the things i'm supposed to be doing i find a lot of self-joy there right i find like oh yeah man i like this like i'm enjoying this um so sometimes i just need that drill sergeant to keep going um but self-compassion is just being able to understand that you are human and you are capable of mistakes uh i have a high expectations i set high expectations for myself and when i'm not meeting them which is you know, it happens for sure. There's definite, definite times where I'm not meeting my own expectations. Um, I can get disappointed. I can get kind of down in a funk. So, practice self compassion. That's going to be huge. And lastly, in 2021, embrace creativity. Um, I'm, I like being creative, I like creating things. Uh, it's actually bringing me a lot of joy and a lot of purpose. And sometimes I just create things for the entertainment of myself or my friends. Um, But I think it's important to get in touch with your creative side because you are a unique individual with a unique perspective. uh, And what you create is how you communicate that perspective to people. And it's important that we see everybody's perspective here right like you understand where people are coming from because uh, it'll just give you a greater understanding and appreciation for human beings okay that was a lot whoa man That's did that whole list okay holy smokes if you're still sticking around thank you uh <laughs> um i'll probably listen back to this i'm gonna try to re read my list every week or listen back to this every so often um so yeah Anyways, uh, once again, thank you, Caitlin. Please support what she is doing. Run Infinite, the Adrenaline Project. Um, check out her video on all things trail running. They have some great advice. Setting up a training plan. We're in January. We might have a, events on the docket. We might not. We might just have things we want to train for because these are things that are goals in 2021. But her and her husband, Brandon, just have excellent advice there okay all right that wraps it up guys uh next week we're coming back we're going to be talking to darius sam um we spoke to him a few months ago um he attempted his first 100 miler uh to raise money for the food bank in his town and it captured the imagination of a whole lot of people he raised a whole lot of money um he's a young kid he's like 20 which is awesome. And now he's back at it. He just finished another 100 miler uh, to raise money to support a men's mental health program uh, or help create a men's mental health program in his community. Uh, I think it's awesome. And then, yeah, we get into that story. We get into some of his ambitious goals in 2021. So uh, come back for that. All right, guys. um, Hope you guys have a great weekend. We will get back at you next week.